Thank you for tuning in to an extra special Centerpoint podcast on leadership from our Lead Well Nights. The whole goal of these nights and messages is for everyone to grow in their leadership, whether your leadership is at home, in the office, with parenting, a team, at school, at church, or in the community. We hope these talks grow you and grow your team. Enjoy! continue talking about the concept of servant leadership, but looking more at a biblical example of this uh, for the next 15 or 20 minutes here. And to clearly define servant leadership, or at least many approaches to it, uh, servant leadership, I'm actually using the same definition she used from Robert Greenleaf. Um, if we go to the slide, um, the servant leader is servant first. It begins with a natural feeling that one wants to serve, to f- serve first in a sense. Uh, then conscious choice brings one to aspire to lead. Now, I like that idea, right? But I got to ask you, and I want you to be real and honest with yourself for a second here. Who likes being the boss, right? Who likes being the boss? I do. Maybe you're not willing to share that. I like being the boss. You might be like, well, I do, but I'm not. I'm not the boss, maybe is what you're thinking. But for all of us, I want us to just think for a second, more than just work, but maybe, maybe do you like being the boss with what you eat? We have pizza often in my house. Because I like pizza. With my kids, maybe. My daughter is outside hiking, whether she likes it or not. With the music in the car. If you were here last month, you heard I, listen, I have a unique taste of music. Well, I'm the boss when it comes to the radio. At home, I love putting my feet up, doing what I want to do, when I want to do it. The remotes. I'm going to watch what I want to watch. There's power with it, right? Being the boss in these areas Seem to be pretty great. Can anybody like vent with me on that? Like, yes, I like being the boss of some of these. Come on now. Yeah, all right. Uh, if you've never met me before, one detail you maybe don't know about me is uh, I teach martial arts once a week to all different ages and all different levels. Uh, and I've done karate for about 30 years of my life. While teaching it, though, uh, we do a lot of these, they're called sparring drills or partner interactions in class. And there's one drill I love doing with my students, and I call it the boss drill. It just sounds cool, right? The boss drill. It's a warm-up, and what it is, is it's where one person is the boss and puts out hand targets for the other person to punch at or kick. Now, the boss is to put out, like, hands and arms and then make the other person punch and kick. So you're moving around, putting out targets. Well, the kids I teach, they love being the boss, They love it. They love being the boss. I see this sometimes. Right? This is what I see a lot of times. I also see this. You know, like moving a little frantically. I also see this. Serious. Insane eye contact, right? But then, reality sets in for them when I say, switch. Payback time, right? Because now the other person gets to be the boss to them. And I can see this little moment of panic that sets in for the now worker, for the new boss that just worked them like crazy. Now the reason I tell you this, because I think it's important to think about how we lead in this manner. You maybe strive to be the boss, and maybe you even are the boss. And it seems great to kind of wield direction or wield authority in a sense. But as you lead... You really need to ask yourself, if roles were switched, would I be in a world of panic? If your employee, team member, family member got to be in charge, what would payback feel like? Would would there even be any? Let's just think for a second. Like, would your voice never be heard then? 
Would you, as an employee, be in the best interest of your now new boss? Would you get to try something on your end that you want to? Would you get to enjoy what you do? Would you burn out from a too demanding of a boss? These questions, they're a lot of what servant leadership strives to have employees or members provide positive answers to. Whether it's in a family, a workplace, a community organization, under servant leadership, the leader first pursues serving and then leading follows. There are a number of organizations that are out there these days that claim to follow servant leadership. Starbucks, Chick-fil-A, FedEx, many of these companies are largely successful for profit, like speaking, they have a ton of profit, they have a ton of things that are going well for them. And there's also so much more going for them as well with servant leadership. There was a study that was done that pointed that those who choose to serve first, then lead, have an increase in job performance of their employees by 6%. Then customer service by 8%, an increase by 8%. And I see these and I'm like, they're not bad, right? It's not bad, but they're not really that substantial in my eyes. But then they had an employee retention of 50%. 50% retention, that's huge, right? That is huge. Just think, wouldn't that be substantial for businesses today amidst the labor shortage right now? So what's the secret to servant leadership? What, what do we need to do to have that, to model that, and to maintain retention? This, this is what servant leadership addresses. But servant leadership, it's not just this leadership tactic or tip or skill. It's a whole change of mind and way of doing things that significantly it changes how one would lead. Fortunately, if you're a Christian person in the room, it's easy to pick up on as it's the way Jesus led. It's the way Jesus led. So it's a way that we can specifically look to him and what he did to try to model personally, along with looking at some of the big practitioners of servant leadership, such as Robert Greenleaf, and I would even say Martin Luther King Jr. is what she mentioned as well. But Jesus specifically says in Matthew 20, 28, this is the verse Krista read, the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus was set on serving. And as I've said at other talks here, whether you're a Christian or not, Christianity is widely successful as millions have chosen to follow Jesus' lead. People have found fulfillment, satisfaction, and care in his leadership that inspires them to care and lead. Yes, because the Christian view is Jesus He's God, but I also believe it's through his particular way of leading in which we can look to and replicate. So specifically, how can we become servant leaders like Jesus? How can we at least attempt to get closer to the success of leading servant-like like him? Well, the first thing that I think scripture is very clear about, along with the teachings of servant leadership, is the desire should first be served not to achieve a title. The desire should first be served not to achieve a title. If you're desiring to be the boss because you want your decisions to be glorified, you want to just do you, you want to do what you want to do, you want to be the most powerful in the room, you might be super happy about that for a little bit or being that boss for a while, but you will miss out on that positive retention we talked about, respect, community that the servant leadership brings. And it might be hard to maintain in the long run. When I do the boss drill, I usually have to do it two times with the kids I'm teaching. Kids, they just go crazy the first round. They love being the boss. The second time, though, I explain. 
Your goal should be to work the person that you're with to help them get better. It should be to help them get better while at the same time you're getting better at martial arts and you're getting your workout in at the same time. That's serving by leading. It's putting others first while also seeking the outcome. There's a time in the Bible where two of Jesus' disciples uh, and their mother, they come to Jesus for her sons to be at Jesus' right and left. I first off have to just chuckle about that. Like, if your mom's coming to anybody to help you get a place of honor, you're not really getting anywhere, right? But see what it says. It says, she replied, in your kingdom, she's saying to Jesus, please let my two sons sit in places of honor next to you, one on your right and the other on your left. But Jesus answered by saying to them, you don't know what you're asking. Are you able to drink from the bitter cup of suffering I am about to drink? Jesus points out, you don't even know what you're requesting by that. Because what Jesus is implying is you think you know the title. You think the title is what you want. Leader, best, boss. You think it's what's going to give you power, respect, honor. But to have the title or to be great in God's kingdom, in God's eyes, is different than what everybody else thinks. Jesus gives both a response to these two, but it's a servant leader lesson for all of us today. Titles will give you something for a while, but the respect, impact, maybe you're desiring, if you truly want it, in the way of servant leadership, it's through serving. It's through sacrificing. It's through suffering. It's through giving up your opinion or your way. It's through giving up your desires for the good of others. In my role here at church, I'm pastor. I'm Pastor Aaron. And pastor, it's a title like I like, I guess, but I never force it on anyone. And I don't really even expect it. I honestly really just like Aaron. Like, it's, it's, it's a cool name, right? But some people really like dropping the pastor line on me. Like, hey, pastor. Hey. You know? <laughs> but, but I don't expect it, and I don't require the title of pastor from anyone. Until they feel they filled, or, or until they feel that I've filled that leadership role for them. Until I feel, I feel that they see that Aaron is my pastor. Then it's like, call me pastor if you want. But I never expect that from anyone. As you think about your own leadership, have you done that in your roles? I think the blunt question to ask ourselves to find out personally is, if your team, your family, your employees can achieve success through your help and contribution, but the success wouldn't be attributed to you or your title, would you still put the hours in? If your answer is yes, I think you're then approaching leading in the way of a servant, in the way of Jesus. Because our desire should first be to serve, not to achieve a title. Where do you need to embrace that? For you, do you need to get back to the roots of your organization and think, who am I really serving and why am I serving them? This should bring you back to your desire to serve first. Do you need to maybe earn your title through servanthood again and have people choose it? Do you need to maybe assess how you are serving your organization or your family or your team or wherever? Do you need to get back to the most basic position of your organization to be servant-like again? Marriage seems like the most fitting way to describe kind of this. Uh, with my wife, her name's Sydney. Uh, we have kind of different tastes about things sometimes. I love spicy. She does not. I love getting housework done on the weekend. She does not. I love staying up late, watching shows together, show after show. She does not. She likes going to bed. 
if my choices only reflect what I want or what I want Sydney to want, my marriage would then lead to a very disgruntled wife, right? Frustration and essentially failure, essentially failure in our marriage, right? But if I'm servant-like, it brings respect, it brings unity, it brings satisfaction for the both of us. Not only that, it brings retention. Imagine what marriages would look like if each spouse stayed true to being servant-like to one another. Again, I want to implement servant leadership. Uh, And to do that, you need to seek first before the title. If I go back to my marriage here for a second, I won Sydney over in our dating years through the cute notes that I sent her, through the coffee times we'd hang out together, through the long talks we'd have together, through the super long makeout sessions. I wore my best outfits around her, and we were kind of private about our bowel movements. Those are ways I won Sydney over. That's how I served her. Now, that's how I got the title of Sydney's husband. But now that she's my wife, I kind of skimp on the makeout sessions. I don't really leave as many cute notes. And I'm kind of a bit more public about gas exchanges. And honestly, I can see it has negative effects on our marriage, right? I have to get back to being servant-like so that I can own the title of Sydney's husband. Where do you need to do that? Maybe in your family, with your spouse, your kids. How? How do you do that? Where do you need to do that with, with a team or an organization that you work at? How do you do that? Where do you need to do that at an organization you're a part of? How do you do that? The second way I think that we can see Jesus modeled servant leadership is, is he was all about strengthening the person in the long run. We're, we are to work and strengthen the person or team in the long run. Uh, in the boss drill, right? In the boss drill, the kids who love being the boss think this is the greatest way of doing it, right? This is what they do. This is, they think they're doing an awesome job. Now, it's a demanding boss, right? It is a very demanding boss. It makes me think, I wonder what mom and dad are like at home. Yikes. But for real, how many of you know a boss who wants people to catch and complete projects this fast? Get it done, right? You all know bosses like that. It's a demanding boss that, sure, maybe gets stuff done once in a while, but a demanding boss that is trying to meet impossible status quos for a right now moment, not the long term, is not servant-like and it loses people. Jesus, he modeled leading and guiding people through the long run. You can see this through almost all of his interactions with people. Um, people that were messy, people that made mistakes, people who sinned. In John 8, 11, this is a typical response Jesus would say, go and sin no more. That is kind of what he would leave people with. This is what he'd send people off with. It's not, hey, here's the Torah, here's the Bible, memorize it, make sure you have everything down before you ever do something again, ever. No, that was not how he approached things. Even with his closest followers, they were in a continuous process of trying to understand what Jesus wanted from them and how they were to partner with him. So Jesus, he kept teaching them. He kept teaching them. He was leading as a servant. And servant leadership, it takes time. It takes time. It takes development. Here at church, I now have four part-time staff people here at Centerpoint. Uh, all of them have never done ministry ever or something like their current role besides our bookkeeper because y'all accountants you just do you you just you get it done all right but the what these people do uh that are part-time at center point here they took a ton of my time when they started because i had to serve them to get them to where they needed to be 
for a particular role. It was a lot of work. It was a lot of conversations. It was a lot of explaining and a lot of doing it together. I hired them to take headaches away from me, but they caused me more headaches early on. Now they're amazing. They are amazing at what they do. They do so much more than I ever intended, but it took time to invest. It took me serving alongside them. It took me strengthening them in the process. And how that worked is they saw me doing what they needed to do. We did it together for a while. We talked about it, and then now they own it. What are you doing, or where are you doing that in your leadership? Where are you investing in the long term for your people? Are they seeing you do it? Are you doing it together? And have you gotten it to the point where they can own it personally? So as I wrap up, where are you leading servant-like like Jesus? Have you been seeking to first serve, not to achieve a title? Are you willing to strengthen the person or team in the long run? Two questions I want to leave you with and to ponder before we kind of wrap things up with our interview with Krista is, how have you received your current title? Would others say you have served to get it? If so, how? If not, how can you? And then the second question, how are you participating in the strengthening of a team member or person for the long run?